Praise the Lord, everybody. Yeah, praise the holy name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I came to worship him today. I came to magnify and glorify his name. It's an awesome church that's able to perform or <clears throat> act as a loving church when the pastors are not there, amen? Huh? It doesn't stop what God has intended. And so we just want to give him thanks today. And I pray a blessing upon my pastors in their absence as they enjoy their family. Remember, family is everything. Huh? If you don't have family support, man, you in trouble in this time. God is squeezing. He's squeezing our nation. He's squeezing our world because he wants us to come together. And so, my message today is that who's at your gate? Who is the person in your family that you're not speaking to, but you need to witness to about Jesus? Who's at your gate? Who's on your job that gets on your last nerve, but they need to know about Christ? Who's at your gate that you need to talk to and witness to? You're walking down Walmart or Big Lock someplace, and God says, them, witness to them, talk to them, ask them how they're doing. Just kindness out of your heart will go a long way. So I come to minister a word today. Whether or not my pastor's here, whether or not my family is here, uh, they, my family's doing all right. I just want you to know that. They, they, they doing good. I love my mother in love and my wife. And so we give praise and honor. So let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I bless and magnify your name. I thank you for my pastors who have trusted me with this sacred desk. I ask, Lord God, that you hide me behind this sacred cross. I pray a blessing right now upon Sister Elaine right now, Father God, and help her uh, with her tendon. I pray for the Wilson family who have uh, a husband has gone in for a prostate procedure and has gone home to be with you. Something that should not have never happened, God, but God, you never make a mistake. So, Lord, work it out in advance. We pray for our sick and our shedding, those that are on our, 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 our lines, those who are watching, those who are with us. We ask the blessing of the Lord to be upon them in this hour. We can see there's all been a rumor of war. Now there is a war. And you are soon to come back. Help us to be the five bridesmaids who had their oil ready and their limb, the things trimmed, ready for service. Help us to be the ones who provide help for others. But most of all, God, we want to get glory. And we want to be able to hear the word servant well done. So we thank you in advance. Everything that you have assigned this church to, everything that you have assigned these individuals to, everything you have signed our families to, let us bring it to pass. And those ancestors who have prayed for us, those ancestors and who have, have toiled for us, God, answer their prayers now in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm not going to suffer you uh, to be long uh, today, I'm not even going to suffer you to sing this song that brings tears to my eyes. 
And, but I am going to say, I, you see always pumping me, <laughs> Sister Kimber. But I'm telling you, it's the words of this song, the Elevation, uh, Elevation Maverick Music. There's, they have a song called Mercy. And these are the words of the song. It says, I'm living proof of what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you would believe me now. If you knew me as the crackhead, you would believe now what God can do. Jesus, you turned my whole life upside down, took the old and made it new. That's what the mercy of God can do. My God. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I overcome. It's his goodness and mercy and the power of his blood. The blood, the blood, the blood. I am so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. He died for me and a sinner like you and me. He died for us. Amen. But the goodness and the mercy and the power of the blood. There's so much power in the blood. I, I was in my man cave yesterday playing this song over and over and the presence of God just fell in the house. Mm. I want you to hear God's word. Now, my pastor, that's the I am, all of our name. She preached grace, look good on you. And my question today is, if grace looks good on you, what you doing with it? If God has been so good and merciful unto you, are you telling another soul? Are you telling a Muslim? Are you telling so, uh, 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 a man who's beating his wife? Are you telling somebody that's in domestic violence that there is a way out? And his name is Jesus. Let's go to Daniel, Daniel chapter 12. I want you to hear about the Michael, the archangel. He's the warring. If you don't know about him, he's the warring angel. He's the one coming to fight. Yeah. And my question is, do you fight for your family? Do you fight for your job? Do you fight for each other? At that time, Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, at that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, they're talking about Israel, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since first came, that nations first came into existence. You don't think the people in Ukraine are in anguish? The houses are being bombed. Their children are being killed. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book, you know, you got to be written in the book. <laughs> you can't gotta be, they got to be able to call up your name and see it in the book for you to get through. They standing at the gate keeping guard. You want, I want to be able to hear servant, well done. I'm going to preach this thing, amen? All right. He said, many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried in the ground, you're in the dead now, and will rise up, some to everlasting life, Mm, house is not made by hands. I hear you. 
and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. All because they didn't confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead. All because they never took the time to come to church. All because they never took the time to come to Bible study. All because they never confessed their belief. That's all he said. He put it on the lowest, put salvation on the lowest tier and so that any and everybody can get If we return your Bibles to Luke chapter 16, we will look at the verses 19 through 31. I'm going to go line by line, precept by precept. And this well-known story called the rich man and Lazarus. This is the story found at the end of chapter 16. <clears throat> Looking at the context of the chapter, it would seem that it would fall in some type of corrective teaching. In your Bible, in my Bible, in everybody's Bible, and this particular one is in red. And this is Jesus talking. Amen? And this is Jesus preaching. This is Jesus being able to be a witness about himself. This is a story found for corrective teaching. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, during... The Bible times have been teaching different doctrines that were contrary to God's teaching. I'll be careful. I'm trying to use a laptop. Amen. He was a poor man. Lazarus' name is significant. And you're going to see something. I'm going to show you something. His name is significant for a reason. He was a poor man. He was a beggar. Mm. He was a sick man. It even shows in his health condition because he had sores. His position was sitting at the gate of the rich man to beg for food. And you never know when you're entertaining angels and you're riding down the street and people with a sign. You never know if they're an angel or not. Uh, but I'm telling you, one day we're going to find out the real truth. Today, we're going to look at the contrast of two people, two places, and two petitions. Can I, get, can I work it just a little bit? Two people, two places, and two petitions. And a rich man, and, and verse 16, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 19 of Luke chapter 16. First it reads, first it was a rich man. The rich man is really the focus of the story. And the rich man is the focus. Now, I want you to parallel yourself in the rich man's case. Not that you're rich, but you've been rich in mercy this morning because the Lord woke you up. Mm, Jesus, son. And my God. There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple with fine linen who lived each day in luxury. He lacked nothing. Amen. But before I continue with that, I got to take you to the book of Job. Because I want you to see something in Job 1, verse 21. It says, remember the word in Job. Naked I came out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I put that in because no matter how much you might have, Ain't no Brinks trucks backing up to no funeral 
And I got Mother Bra Brother Matt in here and tell you, he ain't never seen one. And back it up, that's going to be put in the ground, all that money that you got saved. You saving it for somebody else. Okay, but that's that's the story of another time. I think I'll go on. Bear with me while I move the paper. Here we go. The poor man, by contrast, the poor man. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps, the rich man from the rich man's table, the dogs would come. My God. Come and lick the open sores. That's significant. That's significant now. It's amazing to me that the dogs had more compassion than the man. The dogs, the dogs, the dogs had more compassion. And as a church, we have to have compassion for our community. We have to have compassion for what God is sending our way. We have to have compassion for the new people that come through the doors. Yeah, yeah, check it out. We got to act like Jesus. Jesus saw in Matthew 14 and 14, and he saw, Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. He had compassion. What moved Christ? Compassion. He had compassion on them and healed their sin. Always about healing something, touching something, yeah. and, and you know uh, uh, the lady, uh, 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 Sister Sylvia's uh, uh, sister, whose husband has gone on to be with the Lord. He has a way of coming in and filling that gap. Uh, he, he's a gap filler. If you call on him. I mentioned earlier that the name Lazarus is significant. This Lazarus is not the brother of Mary and Martha, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And I could go somewhere right there, but it is a name Jesus used because it means whom God helps. That's what Lazarus means, who God helps. Anybody need some help in here? Oh, okay. I need some help. I need some help. Jesus chose it because it symbolized that Jesus is the very present help in the time of trouble. Some troubling times going on in this world. And you've got to call on his name. I've been in a fight. I couldn't even walk the other day. I'm bleeding from where I shouldn't be bleeding from. And but God, but God, but God, but God, but God. I stand, I said, no, they asked me to say, do you need us to um, get someone else to go? I said, no. I ain't going to miss my turn. No, sir. No, no. No, if I had to get my wife to stand next to me and lean on her, I was going to preach today. In life, one was enormously wealthy. The other was impoverished beggar. The poor man had no food, but the rich man had all he could eat. The poor man desired everything. The rich man desired nothing. The poor man suffered, and the rich man was satisfied. Mm -hmm. Better watch it, because God will flip the script on you. Mm -mm. The poor man needed help. The rich man gave him none. The poor man was a nobody, and the rich man was well known. That was the two people. Now we're going to talk about the two places. In verses 22 and 23, the word of God says, 
Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly blanket. Banquet. Don't miss it now. The man was at the gate begging for food. Soon as he died, the angels come bringing to Abraham, sit him on the side at the banquet. He getting ready to eat good. I don't think you saw it. The angels came, sit him on the right side of Abraham, and he's at the banquet ready to eat. God will flip it. Uh, even if you don't want it, he'll do it. He got a way of getting you from point A to point B without your permission. Jesus. The rich man also died and was buried. See the contrast? Mm -hmm. They're in two places. Now two places. And he went to the place of the dead. Mm. He went to the place of the dead. He never confessed with his mouth or believed in his heart. And so he went to the place of the dead. Did you get it? He went to the place of the dead. He never confessed with his mouth or believed in his heart. Okay. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. In hell, he lifted up his eyes. And he saw the man he walked over sitting at a banquet. Listen, listen, there are only two places after death. Ain't no, ain't no gray area now. Either you is or you ain't. Either you confess or you didn't. Either you believe or you don't. They said, they said, they said, they said coexist. But he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father but by me. That's a bad man telling you the truth. Yeah. Still missing my paper. It's all right. Well, them browns are stretchy. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the two places, Abraham's side. First, the poor man found himself at Abraham's side. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels sitting behind Abraham at the heavenly bank. There's no mention of a burial or any of the poor man at his death. However, the angels carried him to Abraham's side. This is the only place in the Bible that, that mentions Abraham's side. This simply means that Lazarus died and found himself with the father of faith. Listen, listen. The Pharisees would have been shocked to hear and Jesus say this. They viewed the poor, they viewed poor people as outcasts. Mm. They viewed black people as, I'm sorry, as outcasts. Not only on earth, but also not worthy in heaven. They know what they used to tell us when we were slaves. That God wanted it that way. Lies. And so imagine the shock of the Pharisees when they heard Jesus say the rich man was in Hades. Now see, 
be talking about Pharisees. He never mentioned the rich man as a Pharisee, but he hanging out with the big boys. You understand? You ever been not a part of the group? Huh? You ever been an outcast that just wasn't, you did, just didn't fit in? Pharisees believed the wealth was a sign of God's blessings and favor. So they were stunned when Jesus said in the verses 22b and 23, the rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in a far distance with Lazarus at his side. Jesus wants his hearers to understand that there are two different places where people go when they die. The point is that both Lazarus and the rich man knew where they were. One is in heaven, one is in hell. Yes, ma'am, thank you. The poor man enjoyed the great heavenly banquet. The rich man was totally deprived. The poor man needed nothing while the, man, the rich man lacked everything. Poor man needed nothing now. But the rich man lacked everything. The poor man had all his desires fulfilled. And the rich man's desires would only be generally for eternally unfulfilled. Let me read that again. While the rich man's desires would go eternally unfulfilled, the poor man was satisfied. The rich man suffered. The poor man was happy while the rich man was in torment. All the poor man's hopes were realized beyond what he could imagine, while the rich man's hopes vanished forever. Two people, two places, and now two petitions. This is what got me. This is what got me, and this is where I want the church to see. Sometimes, this man wanted to do, to do some things, but it was too late. We can't wait until it's too late. Two, two petitions. A petition for himself can be found in uh, Luke 16, verse 24. First, notice the request. Jesus said to the rich man, he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. The rich man appealed to his Jewish heritage. Listen to me. Listen. When he addressed Abraham as Father Abraham, but the heri but heritage nor nationality, Jesus, does not get a person into heaven. Mm-hmm. Neither one. The rich man begged for mercy. But he gone, but gone, but he got none because there is no mercy in hell. Let me pause right there just for a second. They, there ain't no mercy in hell. Once you reach there, it's over. Amen. The time for mercy is now. I need God to help me with some issues, some troubles, some trials, some situations, and circumstances that I have. I ask him for mercy. Have mercy on me now. Mm -hmm. His request. Check out the refusal. Check out the refusal. 
verse 25. But Abraham said, child. Abraham recognized him as a Jew. He said, child. You, hear, you see that? It's right there in your Bible. I'm not making it up. He said, child, remember that in your lifetime you received good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here. And you are in anguish. Look at this. By addressing the rich man as a child, Abraham acknowledged his heritage, but the rich man's heritage could not keep him out of hell. Okay. The request, the refusal, and now the reason. Reason, reason verse 26. Jesus said, and besides, there's a great chasm separating us. Has been fixed. No one can cross over to you from here to you, and no one can cross over to us from there. Jesus was saying that death permanently fixes a person's eternal destiny. Death permanently fixes a person's eternal destiny. So while we're here, didn't he say in, in Matthew and in, in the Gospels, go and compel them to come? Because I'm coming back. Huh? We seen at the feast he ate, he folded up his tallit and laid it down to symbolize he was coming back. Mm -hmm. Notice the rich man, evangelistic zeal, once he's in hell. It's too late, it's too late, it's too late. There is no such thing as purgatory. There's no opportunity to go from hell to heaven after one dies. That means that a person must make a decision about the eternity before he or she dies. Because after a person dies, it's too late. The petition for his brothers. Now, he, I'm going to show you something at the end. If, his request for his brothers, the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want to warn them hmm, that love for his brothers. And don't we have to love our family while we're here, while they got breath in their bodies? Shouldn't we love on them then? Shouldn't we give our flowers to those who deserve them now? Shouldn't we just walk up and... And my father's birthday was March 5th. I couldn't go because my foot was messed up. And, but I told Dad Queen, I said, Dad Queen, please stand up. He stood up. I said, man, I couldn't hug my daddy, but I can hug you. I can hug you just to symbolize that I'm hugging a man that covered me. Mm. Well, I had five brothers. That I want to show some love to. Tell him. His refusal. But Abraham said, Moses, 
and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. So that tells you that he puts shepherds in your life for a reason. To help guide us. To help correct us. And you know what? I ain't been in the, I ain't been in the church yet that people like correction. But we must accept the correction. Because if they have to, if I answer and keep, have to answer for our blood, then we have to be able to say, you know what? I don't like that, but I'm going to go with it. That's pastor. Okay. I was somebody, I don't know. Society. Scripture is sufficient to give us knowledge, knowledge about heaven and hell. It is sufficient to tell us to get to heaven and how to avoid hell. Nothing else is needed. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded. Even if someone rises from the dead. Check this out. Jesus did rise from the dead just a short time after he taught this parable. Did vast numbers of people repent? Mm. Jesus again affirms the sufficiency of scripture rather than supernatural signs. out your way. Three things the rich man tried to do in hell. He tried to repent. And verse 24, he said, Father, have mercy upon me, which means he's sorrowful for the things he did on earth and wishes to be forgiven. Imagine this man while he was being burned in the eternal flame. What he was crying out, no doubt, screaming for mercy. While he was on earth, he was too busy having a good time. He forgot about what he had been taught was right and threw this life away for a season of pleasure. What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? This man found out very quickly that all he had on earth meant absolutely nothing in hell. He was tormented by the memories of all the riches he once had. So he wanted to print, uh, repent. Then he wanted to pray. Out of the King James Version, you know, it says, I pray thee, meaning he was trying to call upon something greater than himself. In hell, in hell now, in hell. He's trying to call on something greater than himself to help him. He knew the way was to pray. Prayer is a sacred thing. Yeah, that's why we do it a lot. We do it a lot here. Check it out Wednesday morning. And he said, prayer is a sacred thing that the Lord has allowed us, he's allowed us, he's allowed us to have in order to commune with him. Amen. So he wanted to repent. He wanted to witness. I mean, he wanted to pray. Now he wants to witness. In hell, it's too late. 
Once you reach there, it's too late to witness. It's too late to repent. Why do you think we have communion? Huh? So that we can come and repent and ask God for forgiveness in the house or in your house. The rich man finally realized he had already lost out on heaven because of the failure to pray and to repent. Verse 30, so he pleaded with Abraham, send Lazarus to warn his brothers about where I'm at, about this place, about this flame, about this torture, about what I'm going through. Please send somebody to my house. Send somebody to my house. When you had a chance to go and speak to your family members at the family reunion, you chose to drink, you chose to eat, you chose not to do nothing. But God and the archangel is watching. I told you in Daniel, didn't I? Do you know the word of God says the very elect shall be deceived? He, you know that God said he's coming back to the church first? I don't know about you. His love for his brothers was still in his heart. And he felt failure and shame. That's what uh, Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 said. Because he didn't leave them. He felt shame because he didn't leave them. It took hell to remind this man. Mm. Don't let it remind us. Let's do what we got to do now. Let's do what we got to do now. Let's do what we got to do now. Instead, he wasted opportunity after opportunity to be a great instrument for God. Now he fell. Now in hell, he tried to do his best to do what was right, but it was too late. There is no excuse that can keep you from hell. There is no enjoyment in hell. They ain't getting together in no great band to play down there. That ain't happening. There is no escape from hell. Repent, confess, serve, witness, pray, help while there is time. Time is winding up. And we need to work as a collective unit to do what God called us to do.